Welcome to Buddha's podcast uh, with Paramahansa Yogananda. He came, um, he visited us uh, earlier when we were doing another podcast and just came up with the subject of Vastu Shastra. And it certainly took me by a little bit of surprise because, you know, it's not something that I'm very much focused on within biomimicry, but he wants to share his take on that. Um, and just reminding um, all of you who are kind enough to listen, um, you know, anyone that's coming through with these podcasts, you know, and we have so many different beings or sentient beings coming through, to share something, they're coming from their state of um, uh, where they're at in this here and now. Most of them have had some sort of teachings that they've shared along the journey and there's plenty of organisations that you're um, already able to embody um, that are sharing the wisdom from when they were in a more dense physical form. But here in Budai, we tend to self-seed in um, the frequency of vibration that they're at right now. So some of you who are very visually orientated energetically, you know, could probably still see those beings, you know, um, the way they are now and they're still very much alive because you can't talk to someone when they're not, right? It's just that they've transcended their physical state and uh, come into an elevated soundless-to-sound frequency vibration. But they present to us in the same physical form or sometimes there's variations. So back to Paramahansa Yogananda, honing that back in. Vastu Shastra, so interesting. So that's, around, that's really about design and the elemental forces within that design, where you place um, the layout of how you put your uh, energy is really where he's coming from with that. So you'll find that he'll input with um, what we're saying and he's guiding the subject and he's guiding the conversation. You, you know, those of you who are new to this, you get used to it, you know, they show up and then they navigate the information that's coming through. So when you look at the layout of a dwelling, rather than look at the floor plan, he's just sharing that understanding or, uh, and when we come through as the I am, that's really his elemental forces, just to clarify what's actually happening as this um, podcast is continuing, is what I'm really saying is that our embodied energy is in every particle or every fibre of the material within a dwelling. And this is, you know, my take on that. Uh, this is him coming through, just to clarify that. Um, and so when people are looking at that, or when you've studied, or those of you who've studied um, Vastu Shastra uh, along the journey of wherever you're travelling through, or those of you who are interested, um, the take on that we're sharing here, or he's sharing here, or the I am in as him is sharing, is about going that depth, into that depth of flow where you recognise that every particle within that uh, sustainable um, infrastructure is the Vastu Shastra of existence. So therefore, when you're looking at a floor plan, rather than looking at the individual wall structures and, um, you know, the materials on a mundane level, it's connecting to the particles within those uh, sustainable, because this is true, true sustainability, the particles within that. Now, it's something that, that comes through the breath, not through the mind, but through the breath, which is not disconnected from the cosmic mind, but sometimes it's not in a sound relationship with the individual mind 
we'll go into that in great depth over a series of podcasts because there's so many many elemental forces that to try and have a, a convergence um, creates a diversion. So we're sort of breaking that down somewhat and definitely he's doing that right now. So what we're saying is that, or what he's saying is that uh, with every fibre within that wall structure that you're going to be using, it's to recognise the vastu energy of that and come into sound harmony with the fibre optic nervous system of that. Now, when you're looking at something and you're looking at a, a, a piece of timber, most of us, if not all of us, look at the timber and don't see it as anything but an inanimate object. When Yogananda Paramahansa, or Paramahansa Yogananda, we sometimes swap those two words around just so you know, um, Paramahansa Yogananda is expressing this. He's saying that what it really is and is that each particle within that piece of timber is an elemental flow within the dance of the elements, even if it's been, you know, you know, milled from the from the tree with the, that's got the roots planted. It's been milled, gone through that whole timber process. As long as it hasn't been coated with anything, the fiber optic nervous system of that plant is still very much present and conscious. So, if you use that, it's interesting because if you use that um, Japanese technique where they're burning the timbers. Uh, what he's saying is that even when those timbers are burnt and fried on the exterior, the interior, the inside of that timber is still soundlessness to sound frequency in vibration. So this is where we come in within Buddha with our understanding of biomimicry and how we're creating our Desert Stirt Peapod series. And more than that, uh, Isis is coming through with um, some Ajna Eye designs that she'll be sharing in our Patreon community that then can, especially if you're really creative, can be created into or turned into a dwelling of some kind or, you know, you could have fun with it, use it as a playhouse or, you know, for us because we're really interested in building design and creating places where people can work from and uh, live, then, you know, that's where our main focus is. But along that journey, we sometimes have a playfulness about our creativity and look at ways we can make sort of um, children's cubby houses and um, or garden landscape um, structures that are sculptural in um, element but also functional. And so we, we play around with that a lot. Um, but what he's saying within his particles and his understanding and also from where he's coming from, the embodied energy of that. And he, and he didn't, as he's saying now, he didn't really go into the depths of that in his own journey when he's in a more dense form, you know, when he created the organisations and he wrote his books. But coming from where he is now and interacting with those of us who are, who are on that playing field and, and particles of co-creativity in that vibration got to get, wrap your head around this, hey? <laughs> it's not always easy. So if it's freaking you out or you think, I don't know what you're talking about, just switch the audio off. But we're going to stay with this because there's those of you who are really interested, so we're going to keep going. And so those, so just use the example of the Japanese um, process where they burned the exterior part and create that blackened effect. Inside that timber, it's still that raw material and it's in ahimsa, do no harm. So in other words, it's sattvic. The, the timbers within that, as long as they weren't previously treated with any sort of toxic chemicals, then they've remained in their pure form, you know, even from that 
pure form of when it's actually still anchored in Earth itself. So the elemental life forces with the dance of the elements are still sound. So this is where he's coming from with where he's streaming from in the fourth and fifth density. You know, for those of you who go into that, you know, there's different densities in soundless to sound frequency. From where he's able to perceive existence in Gaia, that's where he's still seeing. So for those of you who want to go deeper and really dive deeper into your own uh, consciousness, this is a really fascinating area of um, physics within metaphysics and then within quantum physics. And it's science-based. It's just that just like scientists or, or physicists are just recognising that there's neurons that they're only now discovering, where we come from, there is so much more that's yet to be discovered, but we embody that, if that makes sense. And so, you know, something that, you know, we shared earlier in a podcast when um, we had some people write in about different paradigms, how they're struggling with, you know, trying to come to terms with the different paradigms that they're um, trying to embrace and still move through. So we shared that, yeah, we still get bills, you know, <laughs> we get the bills that from, whether it's a mobile, using the internet, doing social media or whatever we're doing or Patreon or, you know, there's everything that's got a fee or some sort of service fee. Um, or subscriptions, you know, or even some sort of housing dwelling, we're still, we still have all of that, but then it's becoming less and less from where we're streaming. So when you stop fighting and trying to compartmentalise your existence, it takes the stress out of your life. You're no longer feeling like you're trying to work in, uh, live in many worlds because once you let go through the breath, it lets go of the mind, the individual mind, and you become very calm with where you're at. You know, it doesn't matter where you're at. That process, you know, when you come into the breath, will calm your journey, no matter what you, what's going on in your life, no matter where you're at in your soundless-to-sound frequency vibration. It's something that works seamlessly with everyone if, it's, if you're open to it and allow. But most of all, if you remember to breathe. So often we have so many clients and really we come across so many people who really hold their breath all the time and we take for granted that we're breathing even though we're not. So the deep, more that you go into a deep, elongated breath, it really takes you out of your head and into your being. And that space is pure ether connected to the air element, igniting a deep sense of air, fueling your or kindling the warmth of your fire to stay nourished and nurtured, and then connecting to the water element flowing through and moistening the earth element. So you can see how the earth can be liquefied and um, moistened. And our bodies are the same because we are the symbiosis of Gaia and beyond and therefore our body works with the dance of the elements. So we're huge with it when it comes to the elements. We, Everything we embody, everything we share is based on the dance of the elements and how we interact with the elements is very, very conscious. We know how to navigate those streams within our form. We know how to... And so many of you are already starting to recognise that. You're more aware of tuning in. You're more aware of becoming the listener of your own adventure, how you, you're more aware of creating it. Well, because you've got that awareness, it's opened a gateway of possibilities for us to then share what we're about uh, insofar as how we connect with all other beings that maybe in your world they've transcended and moved on, you know, maybe they've, um, you think that they've left their form, but for us they're simply transcending into a lighter body of their form, you know, and one of the 
greatest examples for definitely, you know, us in this vehicle was, you know, Maharishi. And even if you don't know him and you can Google him, <laughs> you know, we were always talking to him. And, of course, you know, someone made a note to us saying, you know, when he had his funeral, of course, we weren't aware that he had one <laughs> because there's no separation for us. So, you know, he still communicates. And I remember when Isa said to you, you know, you've got to tell us when you die. <laughs> and he made this comment about, well, if I was dead, I wouldn't be talking to you. So there's all these oscillations that are going on. And the more you surrender, if you're ready and if you want to and if you desire to, you can really connect with so many beautiful beings that are so vast. And for us, we're all friends. What is it for you? It may not even be a blimp on your radar. It may be something that's way too out there, not resonance. But then if you found us, something is going along your pathways. So for us, we don't have that... Um, conundrum about shifting from one paradigm to another we just simply flow from um you know and you just connect with where you are and how we stay grounded in that so you don't go you know feel like you're fragmenting which you know we you know sometimes people can feel that fragmentation usually that's coming from a fear a fear of um a lot of things but most of all feeling like you're going insane so uh Fear does funny things to the mind. It creates many, many stories, uh, not always fruitful stories for your journey. But that's up to all of you and that's your journey. For us, it's very natural and it's a really exciting time to express because we're able to express it with more people and then more people are more friends and so it goes on. So coming back to Paramahansa Yogananda, so his take on this is that, and he always brings it back to the timbers with the burnt um, exterior with that Japanese technique, and it's been used so often now and it's really become a global um, way of building in some parts of the world, but definitely more and more awareness is happening with that. So he's focusing on that because sometimes, you know, we feel like we're quite charred on the outside, but really our energetic stream is pure light. So there's always a mirroring back to how we, we tend to judge by exterior rather than seeing what's deeper within. And so how Vastu Shastra is coming from within his take on it, because remember this is just his take, you've all got your own journey with that and your own understanding and your own teachings and your own learning processes, or it's not a blimp on your radar, but certainly that's where he's coming from. So there's this energy that's pulsating through within every every fiber is also a, a formulation of Vastu Shastra. And so when you're putting that into your structures, structures of how you, you know, a place where you can dwell and live in or take shelter in is another way to express it. Um, and with our biomimicry, we're going to change that again. Come the last six months of next year, our whole language will completely change. So stay tuned if you're interested because it's something that right now if we shared with you, it would be way too out there. It would be just off the charts. But, you know, there's so many more people that recognize that there's more beings from other parts of the conscious cosmic sense of awareness. You know, it's um, beyond the alien aspect because really what's alien it's just a form that you're not recognizing that's just so it feels alien sometimes we can feel alien ourselves can't we when we feel like we're a fish out of water in an environment it's we're not in our comfort zone then you can feel alienated 
in a community. So there's many ways to look at that and uh, feel where your comfort level is. But always come into your breath. If you're feeling uneasy or fearful, no matter what you're participating in, deepen your breath and you'll feel calm and you won't be all in your head. You won't be full of those monkey mind thoughts and fragmentation because it's the one thing people fear, that feeling of going insane. Whereas when you're in your body and you're earthed, you don't have that sensitivity because there's such a sense of groundedness from within. You're really based in your muladhara. And then the dance of the elements are, um, yeah, co-creating um, a sanity, really. When you're not living the life that you're fulfilled with, that can make you feel insane as well. It can make you feel like you're lost and all those sorts of things because we stop trusting our own journey and we're too easily... Um, present to listen to people outside of us but ultimately that's all wonderful but it's important to stay connected to who and what you are and and find out who and what you're about if that suits you it's not for everyone it's all about each other's journeys and being respectful from where we are anyway so bio, this takes us into biomimicry which is where we in Bodai are really going more scuba diving really and uh, we're creating that infrastructure as a design model. We've used a desert stirp pit and we'll talk about why we've done that. Um, it has a beautiful synergy and it really works with that. Um, we actually see beings within that flower. Yeah we know for some of you that that's a bit too out there but when you look at nature and the patterns that they are they're a living entity. They really really are. And Gaia creates these patterns. And there's there's a symbiotic um, sensitivity with every pattern that's within nature. And it has a physics within that that helps our wellness. It helps our well-being to stay centred. And, uh, and it really is healed. It's not about healing. It's about recognising that we're healed entities. And that in that state... We don't ponder on the dis-easement because we don't have the desire to constantly create it. You know, we tend to be more fruitful in what our choices are that create an expansion in our wellness. So it is a completely 360-degree flip-out from really being disconnected from dis-eased thought frames and coming into connected feasibility you know, and recognising that is a possibility as, as long as we stay attuned and aligned. And it doesn't mean we don't have hurdles along the way. Maybe to get to the point where you are, you have had some sort of diseasement that's happened, you know, whether it's the flu or something a little bit more intense, um, although the flu's not very pleasant, is it? But whatever it is for you, you know, whatever has brought you that point, there'll come a point if it's within your journey and your evolution that that won't be a participant in your cellular structure, you know. And it's not a better situation or a worse situation than if you are going through some sort of disease. It's just a different situation. For us, gosh, it's really great to be in um, at easement rather than dis-easement. And, uh, and it's not to say that we won't ever experience that sense of um, being ill at ease with something, but certainly for now, we're very comfortable in our flow and just open to moment to moment seeing what happens, which is brought us back into biomimicry and then getting excited about what's to happen in the second half of 2020. 
and more so because it's really exciting about how we then live, you know, in a metaphysical world that's actually very much in the physical world. So that's exciting because how do you express that in a language using words? You know, because a lot of the time it's through the experience that you get it, not so much through listening to a dialogue of it. And for m most of us, that's really the way we embody something is through direct experience. You know, you can listen to someone's podcast like this or you can read a book, but ultimately it comes down to your own experience and tuning in and tapping in. But sometimes you can just get sort of snippets of something that will be fruitful. So... The infrastructure of the Desert Dirt P is like a, it's almost like a, in the embodied energy or the, the shape of it is like a beehive, you know, it is really similar, like, similar to that. So when you look at the Desert Dirt P pod and you see that the petals that are becoming the panels, then the infrastructure around that has a particular silhouette. And so we've embellished on that, so we've added some extra things because it's had to have two floors, although you could have it as one floor. But how does that come into the embodied energy? And so this is where we've got a crossover with uh, Paramahansa Yogananda, because just like his analogy with the Japanese uh, technique of burning the timbers, it's the embodied energy inside that burnt out timber that's pure and innocent. Well, it's the same with the Desert Dirt Pea Pod. You've got incredible cross-ventilation. You've got these beautiful tapestries of light, because within the apex of this um, pod design, where you've got the skylight um, that's retractable, you've got the ability not only to absorb on the two levels, because on each panel, and there's six panels, the uh, and there's huge windows on every panel on both floors, you've got that cross ventilation happening, but you've also got the cross uh vibrational frequencies of both the lunar energy and the sun energy. Not only have you got that, but you've got it on a 360 degree. In other words, not that it's coming, it's sort of coming and bouncing off when it hits the earth. It comes up through the base of the pod. It also comes vertically directly from the top, from the apex, but then it's also hitting on every aspect, on every wall, which is circular, and it's bouncing across and passing through. That's embodied energy, and it's bringing that vibration or frequency from the moon or the lunar energy, and the moon and the, the moon and the sun, and converging. You know, because even though the moon obviously comes out through at night, and then the sun is through the day or the wee hours of the morning, there's a crossing over where, as the sun rises and the moon dissipates, the energy has a. Uh, what we call a, a synergistic connection as one dissolves and the other one comes into primordial radiance within Gaia, that vibration touches each other. It's really beautiful. I mean, if you've ever felt the presence of that, even if you haven't physically seen it, if you felt the presence of that, you can feel it actually in your physical human form. So this is where we come from. And this is why we're really excited for those of you who are open to it and it doesn't go too much in your head space because you've grounded into your body through the breath, remember, then it's really exciting because your cells within your human structure, the neurons that, that, that scientists and modern medicine are yet to discover are awakened in that passing of those two shifting vibrations. It's really beautiful. And you feel this, it's almost like gli gliding, you know, it's this sense of gliding 
uh, in movement. It's it's really exquisite. And there's a colour, it's a bit like the Northern Lights in a colour palette. So those of you who looked at imagery, if you haven't had the good fortune to be present there, it's like the Northern Lights and the beautiful light rays that come from the Northern Lights. Well, it's not too dissimilar in colour palettes to what happens when those... Um, the moon and the sun pass as one is disappearing and the other one's coming to light. So it's really exciting. So this is where we come from, where uh, from his, where he's in his playing field right now with Paramahansa, where he is. That's where he's able to perceive it. From where we are, we're in a more dense structure through this form, much more visible to a mass populace. And uh, so we embody it in a little bit of a different way. So it's nice to have the communion between someone who's on that vibrational plane and uh, this physical form that's just that little bit more dense. So we're more visible to the public. So interesting, isn't it? Or maybe it's not, but certainly if you're still with us, it's got to be interesting. Um, and we've got more to say about that. So then, okay, so then you've got the sun. And as the sun is streaming through, through the apex, as it moves over from the wee hours of the morning and through to um, as the sun sets, you've got all those shadows and those light plays coming through the building, creating different patterns. And this is where we touch base again with what Yogananda is saying, is that, or Paramahansa Yogananda is saying, sorry, we do shorten people's birth names. We apologise if that offends. Um, so that embodied energy is still within the particles of the building, the materials, as the moon then comes into playfulness. And then they commune because they communicate, because that has been absorbed into the building. And so put it, to put it on another way, you know you've got embodied energy and a building materials, um, you know, say, say if you're using straw bale. So that holds the heat in, but it also keeps the building cool. So if you look at an, and uh, use that as an analogy, that same cons context and construct is on the same wavelength, but a little bit ex more expanded when it comes to building materials that we'll be using or what is already out there in some ways but still being improved on when we do this desert dirt pea pod. So instead of using straw, it's a different material which we won't go into at this stage because we're still formulating it. However, the energy is still going into the particles. So just like what Paramahansa was saying, the energy is still being infused even though you've got the burnt um, sort of blackened exterior, the energy is meeting within the epicenter within that and still being infused by that embodied energy um, and therefore those particles are still very conscious and unique. So why do you think we're sharing this? Well, we're sharing this because one, we had people ask us about the information where there's a huge thing, you know, on the social media like YouTube where people are starting to talk more openly about biomimicry. In architecture design, they're getting more, um, you know, they're journeying into greater design um, expansion in the way rather than doing rectangular buildings, although that's still much, very much the norm, still very much more popular than um, anything else. But that's slowly changing where people, designers, other people requiring it and taking it to architects or building designers, building biologists, all those things, all those um, skills that people have out there in the world. They're taking those concepts to people who then can help expand that and changing the way we build those structures, but also, the, also very importantly, most importantly, the shapes, 
rather than having box on top of box on top of box and always rectangular, we're going freeform, which is so important, especially if we, you know, because there's so many building estates. You know, I don't know, in Australia, where there's so many housing estates and they're all boxes. <laughs> and there's a slow change even in Australia and I'm sure parts of the world definitely so too, in pockets where people are being very creative and they're loosening up that uh, uh, way of um, designing and loosening up the, the design elements within that structure. And there's a huge shift towards that. But now there's also more about the biomimicry where they're not just small structures, um, they're getting bigger, but they're more, um, there's more fluidi fluidity with that. And the lines aren't straight, they have more curves in it, which is great because there's a, a, a ethos saying curves cost money. Well, we don't really understand why. I'm sure there's someone going to tell us why. But really, in essence, why should they cost more? Because in nature, most things, there's, it's a curve. There's not really a dead straight line. There's always some sort of curve in nature. So if we're biomimicking nature, recognising our bodies aren't straight, there's not one straight line. It looks like there are, but actually, if you come up close, there's curves in everything we are, even if they're very subtle. So it's interesting, isn't it? And our cells are curved. <laughs> and so that's where biomimicry comes. It's just not from nature, but we are, as, as hu in a human form, nature-embodied energy as well. And the more we understand the mirroring of nature within a human body, and there's so much more out in the internet, which is fantastic, because the more we speak about openly, even if we don't understand it, or even if you know it's in small pockets that we're sharing it, the more that it's shared, hopefully in non-judgment, especially if someone doesn't understand it. If we don't understand something and we don't want to listen, we just turn something off, right? It's that simple. But the more it's shared and the more open we are in understanding and just being open, even if we don't understand it, know that it's our possibility and that we're always going to keep growing with that. It helps everyone on a larger scale or a global community be more willing to say something out loud, be more willing to share rather than holding back because of fear of being judged or ridiculed or something like that. But it also helps us on a daily basis to see how we are and how we how, how we create, what sort of jobs we create for ourselves, what sort of communities we build, what sort of cities we build, how do we expand our infrastructure, the population is growing, and how are we going to do it? What are we going to do with our cities? So all that is already happening globally. And the more on an everyday level, on an everyday basis, every person is valuable, every person is part of a wider community in some way. And the more we as everyday people find our voice and know that we can create that because we are our own, our own building biologists because our human form is a, a structure of its own. It's We live in our human form, don't we? You know, it's you know beyond that and then we want to put something, that human form in a structure so when the rain pours down or it's stormy, windy, the sun's too hot, we want to take shelter in some way. So the more we tune into our physical form and our wellness, the more we connect to that desire to create 
dwellings and work environments that are in harmony with wellness. And so then that ripples out. And so for us, an analogy with that was looking at uh, the sand, whether it's in the desert or on um, an ocean beach and uh, where the sand is before the water meets it, and you can see the ripples in the sand. It's a beautiful uh, pattern to, to, and it's actually quite calming to look at for a lot of you. You probably find that. Some not for everyone. Nothing is, nothing's a one-size-fits-all for everyone. But definitely seeing those patterns, there's a reason why nature has created those patterns and uh, it's interesting you know or we feel it's interesting and um, so that's where we're coming from and uh, we're going to do a lot more shares with that uh, with Vastu Shastra that's that's the tipping point where you understand because when you're looking at those charts and you see an embodied energy like a, a body laid out on the floor plan where you put your head is where you put you know we're taking that to a deeper level again and placing our um, energy within a building as the building itself. And so that's where your Paramahansa Yogananda is coming with. Instead of seeing it's something outside of you, bringing it into your human humanity, and then it will change the way you design that dwelling naturally because there will be this connection to your design as you're unfolding. And you, it's not that you need to be trained as an architect or a designer. Um, it's more about tuning into you. And then if you want to take to the next level um, and share that with others and the people who are designing with those technical skills, then it's an enjoyable journey um, for some of us, right? <laughs> Each to their own. And so on that note, we're coming to a close on this podcast. Um, so biomimicry, we're going to be working in the next couple of months in a second design away from the Desert Dirt Peapod. And it's based on the um, biomimicry of the Ajna. It's a, something that Lord Shiva presented to us. Ganesh is really, really excited about this project. Um, he is very earthbound and he embodies this project in every facet of its unfolding. And it's going to be exciting because it's something we're going to involve people who are part of the Patreon community that's still growing for us. We're still uh, coming to an understanding of how we're creating that ourselves. But it's going to be a process that we unfold with people's feedback, people's um, connections, where they their own visual energy is coming from, and then having fun with this design. It's really, if you look at the shape of the an almond-shaped eye, you know, because if you look at a human eye and it's we've got all different shapes, you know, some of it's like a, a big round eye, sometimes it's more of an almond-shaped eye. Well, this is based on the almond-shaped eye, and if you look at the eye of Horus, it's sort of similar to that shape as well. And so coming from our Egyptian flow with uh, Isis, um, then we're going to incorporate that in this design as well. So that's really exciting because it's a design that can be suspended from a canopy of a tree. Um, and that's going to be interesting because you, it's developing materials and some people are already using them that are so lightweight that it doesn't put any stress on the tree. So or the trees, because it's going to be one more than one tree. So it's interesting. So it's a different way of looking at a treehouse. Alternatively, it can also have a base like the trunk of a tree, and then it branches up, but then branches out into the shape of an eye. So you can see where it's coming from. It's really creative. It's so much fun. And it's also opening up infinite possibilities of how we can create our dwellings, taking us out of that mindset of the Lego, what we 
call without being disparaging it anymore anyway hopefully it's not our intention is that Legoland where you go into a building estate or a housing estate and all the homes are very boxy in some way that's not a criticism they're beautiful because they're choices of um, people to live in but just from where we're coming from with different being creative with designs it's just that little bit of a different flow and it's its own niche market really so and it also can be adapted, you know, you can adapt it to creating your own rainforest environment and you can adapt that so it nestles into nature. And so this is where we're coming from it, that's the take we've got. So yeah, so pretty exciting. We'd love to listen to your feedback on where you're coming through with your designs, how you would like to see your own community develop in your design prowess and infrastructure. What, what sort of style do you like to live in when you're living in your own dwelling and you want to create something? If you let your imagination run wild, what would your be your ideal place to sh give yourself shelter with? It's exciting because when you open up, gosh, then I just thought of the shape of a mushroom, you know, and you've got the stem of the mushroom and then you've got this beautiful dome, half dome shaped canopy and you could have an, a cylinder lift going up through that shape of the mushroom and then sort of the, the half shape of the flooring. Yeah, it's opening. And then you could have sort of glass spaces, the floor, so you could actually look straight down to the ground and have this amazing food forest down on the ground that you'd be seeing every day. You could then shoot down your elevator lift. <laughs> so anyway, this is us. This is what we do moment to moment, every pretty much every day, right? <laughs> so we have a lot of fun. We hope you're having fun with what you're creating, no matter what it is, whether you're a traveller and you just love travelling around the world. But please share with us. We're picking up on the airways all the time or shoot through an email. Check out ourbudai.com.au and shoot us through an email. Uh, thank you for, so much for listening. We're always enjoying our shares and we're always open to feedback and what you're interested in and um, we'll pick up on that and uh, share some more uh, as a biofeedback with that. So enjoy your journey and we'll talk to you soon. Namaste.